Man, so I was thinking about this last week. You know how whenever you go and donate blood and they, uh-huh. they take some of that life fluid out of you? <laughs> and it makes you feel so like lightheaded and stuff. And they're like, here, here's a cookie. Take it easy for a minute while you recover and all that jazz. Right. Can you imagine how fucking woozy those fighters are after like a Mortal Kombat match? Oh, Jesus. How much blood loss are they experiencing in an average game of Mortal Kombat? I mean, it seems like they have Johnny Depp levels of blood in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, just chock Considering blood. the amount that comes out. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they don't feel woozy at all. <laughs> they're just they're just loaded with the stuff. Their blood pressure is through the fucking roof, man. It might be like that, dude. Blood I bet they need to... very. <laughs> yeah, I bet they need to eat, like... At least an entire orange after the entire tournament's done. <laughs> that should top you off, yeah, right? Yeah, luckily the Mortal Kombat moms bring orange slices. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? Like, there's that, that match where you're, uh, there's that level that you're fighting on where, like, there's, like, Shao Kahn and all the disciples and stuff uh-huh. in the background. Yeah. If, yeah, after the match, like, one of them just runs up and hands you an orange slice, and then the fighter, like, puts his arms in the air, and he's got the orange slice over his teeth, like you do. <laughs> of course. How else yeah. do you eat orange slices? After he's, like, ripped the spine out of some other guy? Yeah. <laughs> like you do. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, uh-huh. those people got to be lightheaded, I tell you that. I imagine. Welcome, hey. dead and lovely listeners, to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the podcast, the ultimate podcast, mm-hmm. the podcast that has been prophesied about for many moons. Yeah. You know the one. Yeah. Yeah, I've been reading these prophecies a lot, like, uh, and, and two shall come. And cast they shall upon. Mm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. That's right. That's, that's us. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, hey, what's up? And handsome they will be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Handsome as fuck shall they be. And mm-hmm. upon their written. face, handsome shall be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <What>? Of course. <laughs> it's dead lovely here with host as most me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be talking to you, Bustas, about. Hone Moon from Hone 2014. But of course, before we get to the movie review, we're going to do a good bit of catching up, chin wagon, all that good stuff. But if you just dying to know what we think about the movie, um, for one, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, watch it. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to get straight onto the review, there is a timestamp for you down there in that podcast description. So go unto it and make haste. <laughs> And proceed forward in the cast if you want to skip the good parts. This is a prophecy heavy episode. <laughs> it is. Very, very heavy with the prophecies this time around, man. Dude, how you been this week, man? Uh, good. Uh, just been uh, um, fucking getting at it. Uh, I realized uh, when editing the past two episodes that you've asked me what I've been up to. I have. And I've been like, nothing. And then like I have stories I haven't told at all. Um, Look so out. I, I gotta tell you, man, I, 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 in the past t- two weeks, I have saved a dog and a donkey. What? Yeah. What? Are you just on a roll of saving D animals? Do you have like a duck coming up or a, a I hope so. A, a, a orangutan in there somewhere? I actually have saved a duck before. <laughs> 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 that's um, amazing so you're just yeah. like saving animals left and right here man you're a regular dang old doogie hauser over here yeah um uh, so salem and i were walking in the yard and um a uh, a german shepherd mix with a, a collar and a leash came up to us and i was like well that's odd 
no, you don't normally see a dog just entirely loose with a collar and a leash without somebody trailing behind looking for it. Typically. Uh, yeah. So um, she came She came right up to us, and she was super sweet. And uh, I, I was like, okay, uh, you know, I'll walk this dog around the yard with me. And then uh, I brought Salem in, and then I, I took the dog back out, and I, I walked her whichever direction she went, thinking she'll go home. Um, well, she didn't. She went into a neighborhood where I saw some people and I was like, hey, have you ever seen this dog before? And they were like, "I nope, unfamiliar dog. Oh. Um, and so I, I had tried immediately when we found the dog to call the number on the tag. But the person who answered said that it was a security service. What? And that they didn't own a dog. So what? Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, okay, so is this like a really old tag? But it's like. The dog was maybe two years old, and I was like, it can't be that old. But, of course, like, you know, two years ago was, like, pre-pandemic. Maybe they got the dog and then lost their phone because they couldn't pay the bill or something. Like, you know, whatever. A number of reasons why that might be the case. Sure, sure. Um, uh, so, I called our, uh, you know, local animal services, told them what was up. And they, they sent someone out, and she came and picked up the dog. And the entire time, this dog was so sweet. Like, I brought her inside. She was, like, obviously well taken care of and stuff. So I'm like, somebody cares about this dog. But, like, I have no I idea how to get a hold of them. So, you know, animal services came. And uh, I was like, man, I think I'm in love with this dog. Like, I was, I was like, maybe we'll adopt this dog. Um, and they took her to Young Williams, and I called Young Williams, and I was like, hey, just checking up on this dog. And they were like, yeah, if you want to adopt her, let us know. And then uh, I read up on German Shepherd breeds, and I was like, I don't know if we could handle that dog. German Shepherds need a lot of Oh, they're a lot. Breed. Yeah. They are a whole dog, man. Yeah, for like whole dog. The first fucking <laughs> five years of a shepherd's life, like if they don't have stuff to do 24-7, they destroy yeah. everything. Yeah, and so uh, the, the adoption plans kind of went by the wayside, but it was also like, well, they, they took her to Young Williams here in Knoxville, which is a no-kill shelter. I wasn't yeah, totally worried. great. Yeah, and I was also thinking, like, hopefully her family will find her. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and I checked the adoption page today, and she's not on there. So she's either been adopted or her family found her. So okay, right good. on. Yeah. Well, good deal, man. I'm glad you did the responsible thing there. I know a lot of people just like shoo a dog away from their property or whatever, and it's oh. like, man, that's somebody's pet, dude. That dog yeah, has exactly. a family. That dog has a family. <laughs> dog got a family. Um, now the donkey story is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> now this I'm stoked <laughs> to hear about. So on my on my way to the gym, I drive past a a pasture that has a, a donkey and a horse in it all the time and i want to be friends with this donkey because donkeys are cool um and I, every time i drive past i'm like oh man that donkey looks so cool well <laughs> it's it's just around a curve like a curve like a blind curve where you you see this pasture i come right around this blind curve and as right as i get around the curve i see the fucking donkey in the road uh oh. Uh huh. And He's like, like suck. Luckily, he was in the other lane, or I would have hit him. Well, he um, knew the rules of the road, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. So immediately, I stop and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Um, and like, park and get out and run back. And the donkey has already like walked over 
to another pasture on the other side of the road. And I'm like, this is not a similar situation to a dog. <laughs> Donkeys are a little different as fuck. You're going to have and, a hard time getting him in the car with you. Yeah, and they are known for being stubborn, and uh, he doesn't know me. It doesn't know me. And donkeys are, like, super loyal and smart, so, like, just some stranger trying to get it to go back across the road is probably more dangerous than anything else I could do. So I was like, fuck, what do I do? Um, so I get out, and I... I like look around and there's a neighbor nearby. So I go to their house and I like knocked on the door and I was like, Hey, do you know who owns this donkey over here? And, uh, it was a cute old Southern man. And he was like, Oh, is that donkey out? That horse was out the other day and the donkey just was going crazy watching that horse run around. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, And then I thought like, is this the donkey? Like, getting his revenge like fuck you horse now i get to run around. <laughs> i'm free yeah anyway <laughs> so, like i i start calling again animal control um and i see somebody else has stopped as well and they're already on the phone with animal control and i was like hey and they were like yeah i'm calling animal control right now and i was like oh great i'm gonna go to the gym so i went to the gym i came back and i saw went the same route i saw the the farmer putting the donkey up so donkey's okay everybody the donkey made it dude oh my god i was on the edge of my seat yeah so good deal i'm glad you saved him man you did a good job yeah the the, those were a a couple of fun things that happened the past couple weeks that i don't know why the moment you ask me what i've been up to every week i'm just like nothing been saving animals what you've been I doing guess i've been saving animals yeah you're a regular uh steve Irwin of east tennessee over here <laughs> isn't it a beaut i said about the donkey <laughs> only because it's east tennessee you're saving stuff like dogs and donkeys and you're like ain't she pretty now it's- what i'm gonna do is jump on his back right here and <laughs> stick my thumb up his butthole here's the thing i'm not joking when i say i want to be friends with that donkey i he was tight, trying huh? to be cool to the donkey when i talked to it i was like hey what's what's up <laughs> what's up man okay that's good man use the young person know, slang i don't know how you talk to a donkey so i i just tried to play it cool <laughs> man you did i wonder what you're gonna save this week man i wonder if you're gonna come back next week on the show and be like i saved a giant squid from the lap pool at the gym <laughs> <laughs> he was in there and he was really going at it but yeah got his stuff all caught up tangled up in the weights <laughs> help him. him out Poor bless guy. his heart well good thing you're there for that man you're prepared you've been practicing yep. on much smaller animals so that's a good <laughs> yeah. idea just building my way up to giant squid the world needs you man the world needs you thanks guys thanks for <laughs> my, the appreciation world rad man i've had a i've had a good week it's been fucking busy dude i swear the past couple of weeks have just been marathon strength just fucking ultra busy but i would say like the craziest thing that happened is I did that thing where you're a grown-up and you get a doctor's checkup. Yeah, Whoa! Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Man, we're, we're totally getting old, where it's like, this is this is stuff to talk about, saving animals and going to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a remarkable situation that you haven't been to the doctor in forever. Probably 20 years. Yeah, yeah honestly. It's probably my first checkup in like 20 think, years. I don't think that that is... Uh, is uh, necessarily an old thing. That's a human thing. You need to do that. 
Yeah, you need to do that, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you know, I, I actually did have quite a bit of a scare there because I went in and it was like in the morning and stuff and it was such a rush to like get a cup of coffee in me and head out yeah. the door and try to find this place. I always get really like stressed out and frustrated mm-hmm. around like medical facilities because me it's just too. dude it's just a bunch of random ass buildings yep. scattered out and uh-huh. there's no like clear signs that say this is where your doctor's office is yep like <laughs> you're running tight on time you just run into random buildings and they're like have you seen my doctor and they're like i don't know who the fuck you are leave yeah like it's not good it's not <laughs> it's helpful not whatsoever medical a- shit stresses me the fuck out so by the time I got in for my checkup, and they were kind of doing the usual questions and all that jazz, and they took mm-hmm. my uh, my blood pressure, and my blood pressure was like hella high, like really high, oh. like fucking 150, okay. like high. Yeah, yeah, that is that's that is high. Yeah, and I they were w- like, "Are you nervous?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, kind of. I haven't done this in like 20 years." And, uh, and they were like, "Uh, why don't you get a blood pressure cuff and monitor that? That seems like weirdly high considering you're not overweight or anything and you're young and healthy otherwise. Like, get a blood pressure cuff and start monitoring that if you would. Yeah. Uh, consider, you know, reducing your sodium intake and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I spent the next like two or three days like doing as much research as I can and shit, man, and just like worrying about it and fretting about it and shit because like, that's you what know, the my, research says to do. It that's says, what the research be says sure to do. Be worry. Man. A lot of it. Totally good for your heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, anybody that knows me knows I got a, I got a, he- a healthy dash of the tism myself. So mm-hmm. when I say something is on my mind, I mean, it's my entire yeah. mind. Yeah, you know? no, I understand. So I, I fretted about it for a few days while we were waiting on our blood pressure machine thing to come in. And I was like, do as much research as I can and getting really frustrated because I was like, dude, like, I don't eat like shit. I don't do all this stuff that leads to high blood pressure. But I do have that, you know, genetic battle to fight here, too, where my dad and my grandpa on my mom's side uh, both had, like, heart problems and, you know, uh, heart disease and all this kind of shit. Uh But they were also both lifelong smokers and positively miserable for the majority of their lives and didn't take care of themselves whatsoever. So it's like, well, where's the nature versus nurture here, you know? Right. But I was still kind of worried about it. I was like, I don't want to fucking take... A blood pressure medicine and I'm not even 40 yet come on mm-hmm. so we got our blood pressure thing in and I've been monitoring it like I'll do it like three times in the morning three times at night and then you know average them out and stuff and it's been totally fine like yeah. this morning it was like 116 over like 69 it's like Ooh, man that's fucking nice yeah it's like oh yeah I got the 69 in there too uh-huh. it's real nice man so it's like it just kind of goes to show me dude whenever they say like stress is bad for you Man, it's really bad for you. Like, yeah. my fucking blood pressure was up damn, you know, almost 40-something points. Yeah. Just because of how stressed I was About trying to find them. this doctor's yeah. office. Yeah, and going to the doctor and stuff. Like, it was a stressful morning, and look what it did to my fucking blood pressure. Yeah. Really crazy. So, it's been kind of eye-opening for me, man. For one, it showed me, <laughs> I think I need to learn how to manage stress maybe a little better. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Before it literally kills me? Maybe so. Maybe. But too, you know, just to be on the safe side and everything, this is a good incentive for me to be like, okay, even though I don't do fast food like ever, I am totally guilty of like eating at restaurants quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I don't, I mean, fast food versus a nice restaurant, the nice restaurant's going to have more fat in it. 
That's the thing, yeah, and <laughs> tons of sodium, you know? <laughs> you may not be eating McDonald's, but if you're eating at a restaurant, you're getting a lot of sodium and a lot, exactly. of, a lot of fat. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah, so it's like even though I kid myself into thinking like, oh, well, you know, whatever, I'll get a, a bolo ramen tonight, and it was fresh made and yada, yada, yada. It's like, yeah, it still has like a day's worth of sodium in it, though. Sure, yeah. You know, so it's just been kind of like a really good thing to remind me to like, okay, stay out of the restaurants as much. Eat at home, even if you're just eating at home and having a you know a bowl of pasta with veggies in it or something. That's still gonna be less sodium and less fat and shit than what you get from a restaurant, like any restaurant meal. Mm, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like I'm just gonna try to to do that more and more. So I've been in the kitchen cooking a lot more, doing some simple stuff, taking good care of my body. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I'm doing it in the name of defying my creator. Yeah. You got to show that some bitch. Exactly. How dare he? How dare you create How me? Dare Watch you. as I defeat you. Yeah, I'm going to fucking defy this thing and live to be uh, 111. 111? That's uh-huh. like a whole so, lot. I'm in the Bilbo huh. Club, man. Yeah. I'm in the Bilbo Club. <laughs> so I'm trying for. So yeah, take care of yourself, everybody. Try to stay out them restaurants and stuff and definitely go get that ticker checked out because I had no idea i was experiencing any kind of high blood pressure it's the silent killer steve the silent killer yeah or just eat whatever you want and live sumptuously that's all some nice. people do that yeah because the world's ending so what's the point you know what just go for it have a good time <laughs> yeah. with it come on with it eat drink and be merry for tomorrow yeah. we die <laughs> i've been watching myself a thing or two this week you watched anything good yeah yeah i've been watching stuff what you been on all right, dude. So the first thing I got to tell you about is the Batman. The Batman. The Batman. So for one, I'm really kind of thinking ahead here where it's like, okay, we've had a movie called Batman. Uh-huh. Now we have the Batman. Right. What article are they going to use next? Is it going to be and Batman? And Batman, yeah. That sounds Those right Batman. Me. How about that one? Those Batman. <laughs> Those Batman. <laughs> He's Batman. He's Batman. Yeah, there you go. That's good. (laughs) We went and saw it uh, on a rainy Thursday night, and dude, it's fucking awesome. It is fucking awesome. I really, really, really enjoyed it a whole hell of a lot. I see some feedback from some people saying that they thought that it was like long and boring, Mm. and it is a whole three hours. It is an entire three hours. Like definitely pee during the previews and manage your water intake because the thing about it is is like yeah it's really long but i can't really think of anything they could trim down honestly i'm not like seeing a lot of wasted time in the movie you know what i mean yeah yeah i like a movie can be three hours and not uh, be boring but yeah i think what i've heard is that it's more of a detective movie and less of a beat everybody the fuck up movie Exactly, Which is man. Probably so, why they're bored. Maybe. Although yeah. there is some great beat up stuff in there. This is one of the most fucking brutal Batman yeah. that we've ever seen. And uh, yeah, you're right. It does have a lot more of that detective element, which of course does take its time. It would be really dumb if he just showed up on the scene and was like, I see this, and here's this, yeah. here's this, here's clues. Like, that would be lame. Uh-huh. It really does show him processing and thinking about the stuff that he's seeing and connecting the dots in his head. But at the same time, this is only year two of Batman. Yeah. So he's still young and making mistakes and, you know, missing clues and stuff. So it has a good, like, human element where you can tell the, the basic skill set is there, but it's not quite as developed as it will be one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, villains are fucking awesome. The cinematography is fucking awesome. Got, the soundtrack a, is awesome. A, a Riddler in there and a Penguin. Mm-hmm, that's right, man. And a Catwoman. A Catwoman, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, Which I was skeptical when I heard they were packing all those in one movie, but actually it works really fucking well, man. Yeah, that, that's never a problem, I think, for Batman, because all like his rogues gallery all interact with each other anyway, so they have their yeah. own long backstories, too, so you can always have something building there. Um, I, I, I do wish they'd, you know, look to the rest of his rogues gallery. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just rewatched Birds of Prey this week, and it blew my mind that two of the most brutal Batman villains have only been in a Harley Quinn movie. Damn. Like, Black Mask and Victor's ass are brutal as fuck, but they always yeah. use, like, the over-the-top silly... Uh, characters for even when they're trying to make a dark brooding Batman they're like well I mean of course though we'll have uh, Scarecrow in here I mean Scarecrow right, is yeah. silly he's great but he, he is pretty silly so is the Joker like they're silly they're, they're at their roots there's something silly to them whereas mm-hmm. like Victor's ass is just a fucking serial killer <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that's pretty fucked up man that's fucked up <laughs> I think that honestly if you enjoy uh, like let's say some of the more detective-y books, dark books like uh, The Long Halloween, yeah, and if you uh-huh. enjoy the Batman animated series, mm-hmm. okay, I think that you'll I think you'll like this one a lot. Like yeah. to me, this feels like a lot more in touch with comic book Batman okay. than Good. cinematic Batman. Yeah, cinematic Batman has had roots always in a love of the '60s show, right? Yeah, and then Frank Miller. Like, it was like campy, campy, silly, and then Frank Miller. Not that yeah. Tim Burton's isn't dark. Tim Burton's is dark, but it's also campy and silly. Dude, it's weird, though, because this movie, if I explain it to you and describe it to you as being, you know, dark, gritty, realistic, your yeah. brain immediately goes, okay, so it's like the same tone as the Nolan movies, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely not. I don't yeah. even know how to describe how it's different from the Nolan ones, but it feels completely different. And I feel like this is kind of doing a different thing entirely with a comic book movie that yeah. we haven't seen yet, man. Like, it doesn't feel like it's doing the the Marvel thing. It uh-huh. does not at all feel like it's doing the fucking Zack Snyder thing. Thank <laughs> the fuck Christ. Yeah. And it's also not doing the let's take you know, all the fun out of it and be super realistic like Nolan. Yeah. It's doing something totally different, man. I think that you'd really dig it. I look forward to hearing what you think about it. I'm excited to see it. You should be. It's fucking rad. And I recommend seeing an empty theater. Go see a fucking matinee or something if you can. Because it's gorgeous. You want to see it on the big screen for sure. All right. Fucking dope, man. We watched uh, that new Disney Pixar joint turning red the other Uh day. Y'all got some periods. Uh, we did, man, based on a recommendation by old Maggie that listened to the podcast. She made oh, okay. a post about it, and I was like, well, we old should watch Maggie, that. Old Maggie, we call her. Old Maggie, she's known as. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking great. It is a delight. Awesome. And it seems like all of these fucking mega conservative dick bags that are complaining about this movie and how it, oh, it just promotes rebellion against your teachers and... Oh, the the thirteen year old girl was like drawing kissy pictures of an older boy in her diary. And this is uh-huh. scandalous. It's like, do you remember what it was like being fucking thirteen? Have you forgotten entirely? <laughs> I mean, somebody made the point that uh, 
basically the the reactions are from people who are ultra disciplinary parents or had ultra disciplinary parents who don't allow you to be a person. Uh huh. So the if, if from their perspective, no, this is. <laughs> but like also, that's just a normal thing for Disney movies for kids to disobey their parents and to have fantasies and to maybe even have crushes on older men. Little Mermaid. Oh like, my God! Right, fucking like, Pocahontas. Any of yeah. them? So it maybe has far less to do with uh, what they say it has to do with, and more to do with maybe them being racists. Well, I also saw complaints that it was like this movie's so exclusionist. It's like it's made just for <laughs> Chinese people. Like right. legitimately, legitimately, I, I saw people complaining about that. Well, it's... Uh, Go to fucking hell. It ain't if, about me. I don't get it. If you can't see yourself reflected in a universal human experience, then maybe that's a problem with you. <laughs> maybe you're inhuman. Maybe it's that. Could be yeah. that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's, it's a delight, though, man. It has so much influence from... Uh, like anime stuff like Sailor Moon, like super cutesy shit, but That's it's cool. also got a really great message. The animation is fucking gorgeous. Watch it, dude. It's really yeah, fucking fun. A perfect like Saturday, Sunday afternoon watch. Cool. Uh, we finished that first season of Euphoria that we started last week. Uh-huh. All right. I still cannot put my finger on why I like this show so fucking much. It is amazing. <laughs> it's seriously fucking awesome. The first season, anyway. I don't know about the second season. I've been hearing bad stuff about it, but... We'll start that here pretty soon, man. But I'll tell you this. After watching through the entire first season, I get why there was a lot of people that were complaining about, like, oh, it just glorifies, like, drug use among teenagers and shit. Okay. Which I guess you could probably watch it and maybe kind of think that it romanticizes that a bit. But after season one and before season two, they put out, like, these two just random episodes that just uh, focus on two of the main characters of the show. Uh Uh-huh. And it pretty well dispels all of that. The one episode that we watched last night that's just about the main character in it, about Zendaya's character, uh, is stunning, dude. It is an hour-long episode of, I'm going to say maybe other than five minutes or so of it, is just her and this other guy sitting at a diner talking. Mm. That's literally the entire thing. It's like an hour, and it is fucking amazing. Acting, cinematography, dialogue, everything is phenomenal. And it's mainly it's mainly her being a young person talking to like her sponsor, who's an older guy, about addiction and the nature of addiction. Okay. And the psychology of it and shit. And it's just an hour of them talking and it's phenomenal, dude. Man. Whatever happened to just glorifying drugs though? <laughs> Maybe we just try that. I yeah, don't know. What the hell's wrong with people today? God damn it. Like, what's <laughs> any fucking movie made before you suddenly decided that everything needed to be moral and right and correct? Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Teenagers do drugs. They enjoy it and have a good time while they're doing it. I hate to tell you, they also have sex. That they does have happen. All sorts of fucking sex, and tweens get their fucking periods, and they just <laughs> des- they have desires for sex in the future. It just fucking ha- what is going on? Are you the pe- way that people just uh, hate being people is the dumbest thing yeah. in the world. It is I the don't dumbest think, thing in the fucking world. I, listen, I I don't believe this, but maybe there are lizard people. Maybe there are. <laughs> maybe there are. Right? Yeah. 
and Jeez. they think that we're disgusting, so they make yeah. this stuff about it. They're and- <laughs> fucking constantly disgusted by human beings and our bodies, and so <laughs> they sell us our fashion, and they sell us our body types, and they sell us everything we're supposed to be. And we just buy it because we're like, oh, okay. Other humans wouldn't lie to me because as a human, I know I wouldn't do that. All right, Steve, that's enough internet for you, dude. We're going to shut you off for the rest (laughs) of the week. No more interneting. (laughs) Cutting it off, man. Uh, But yeah, really fucking enjoyable, man. Uh, We got to watch the other episode of the specials and then get into season two. So we'll see how it goes. But I I think it's phenomenal. I think it's really super realistic and beautiful and very heartfelt. And the acting and everything is just phenomenal. So... I liked it a lot, man. Um, we lightened things up after that and watched a very Brady sequel. <laughs> <laughs> that is because probably a good bit lighter, yeah. It's a little bit lighter. It's yeah. dumb as fuck, man. Is that, that movie the is so stupid. They do the Hawaii storyline. Yes. Yeah, okay, so okay. here's the funny thing about that. Like, we started watching it, and I mean, I think I saw it probably when it was in theaters, and I haven't seen it since. And same uh-huh. with uh, same with Kate, if I'm not mistaken. Like, we started this movie, and she's like, wait. Is there like a third one? Because I thought that there was one where they go to Hawaii. We were like an hour 20 into the movie at this point. And she's like, is there another one? Because I know they go to Hawaii in one of these movies. Uh-huh. The Hawaii thing is like the last maybe 15 minutes of the movie. Holy shit. That's all Seriously. I remember of it. <laughs> yeah. That's all anybody remembers from it. But it's the end of the movie. Yeah. It's I, silly. A, a good watch. I bet. I don't know if you remember the Brady Bunch Hawaii episodes, but they were so weird. <laughs> everything back then like every show that had been going long enough was like oh well we gotta go to some tropical paradise because the actors just want to chill for a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> they need a break man they've yeah. been filming fucking 30 episodes a season every yeah, year seriously. for 12 years good god tv used to be a grueling experience for fucking real man mm-hmm. didn't even say by the bell go to like hawaii at some point yep uh, well no they um uh they worked at a beach resort for ah, the okay. summer, um, but it's, yeah, it was just it was just uh, California. I, so if yeah, you're a horror like, franchise, you go to space eventually. If yeah. you're a TV show, you go to Hawaii eventually. It would be cool if every sitcom went to space in the '80s, though. Why not? Yeah, if Urkel had gone to space, he probably did actually in an episode. Now that I think about it, he definitely did go to space, didn't he? It sounds like something he would do to go to the moon to see if it was made of cheese. <laughs> that seems like a 90s sitcom storyline, I'm pretty sure. He right? got up there, and of course, he wrote in moon dust, I love Laura. Yeah, visible yeah. from planet Earth. Yeah. So everybody had to look at that mm-hmm. for all time. And yeah. Laura's like, Steve. <laughs> and Carl's like, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people say Steve in that show. A lot of Steven in yeah. there, man. Definitely. Definitely. A whole lot of that going on. Yeah, silly-ass movie, but not as fucking silly and stupid as the movie that we watched uh, the other day over over some brunchage, man. What now, was? let me ask you about a little movie from our time of Ute mm-hmm. called Coyote Ugly. What do you know about that? <laughs> uh, I saw it when it came out. I don't Did you love it? much about it. Uh, there, were, there were attractive women in it, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing like I remember seeing ads for it and everything back then when it came out and uh-huh. just thinking to my my young self like ooh pretty ladies they're up on the bar they're dancing and gyrating uh-huh. and so on I bet I would like this movie now seeing this movie for the first time as a you know almost 38 year old um 
<laughs> I watched this movie, and it's this like crazy, you know, wild bar where all uh-huh. these people flock to to drink. Right. And, you know, these bartenders like getting up on the bar and dancing and like uh, shooting water all over bar. the crowd. Oh, dude. And there's like super loud music and all this shit. And like, I'm just imagining to myself if I walked into any fucking bar and I see that this is what the bartenders are doing. Yeah, I'd turn around immediately. I I'd don't turn go the fuck here. around. Yeah. Dude, imagine you're at Coyote Ugly and you're just trying to like fucking relax after a day of work or whatever. You're just trying to go to the bar to get a beer. Your bartender has just started a five-minute-long dance sequence. Jesus Christ. I just She's need pouring beer, pitchers please. of water all over on you in the crowd. Yeah, great. And you're just standing there like, Pants I really just... Awesome. <laughs> yeah, great. I really just want a fucking beer. And now I have to like get in my car while I'm my clothes are soaked in tequila that you just poured all yeah. over me. You probably expect an extra big tip because you just did a dance number that yeah. I didn't want. For real. Like, come on. <laughs> I would just be annoyed. Like, Why my, my blood keep pressure. the bartending to the bartender and the dancing to the dancer? <laughs> my blood pressure would spike the fuck out if I walked into Coyote Ugly, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'd be like, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sure. It is such a stupid fucking yeah, movie. Like everything about that movie is stupid as fuck. Oh my god, man! There's got to be a how did this get made episode about that, right? No, there isn't. No they need one for sure. Oh, dude! If they don't have one, we're gonna make one. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Phenomenal. We're gonna take over movie. their show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing that we watched that's totally worth mentioning here is Leap of Faith, which is a documentary on Shudder. Okay. Dude. It's about the making of The Exorcist. All right. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, an hour, it's like an hour 45, hour 50, something like that. And it is seriously just William Friedkin sitting in a chair uh-huh. talking about The Exorcist. That's oh, it. Oh, Okay. Like, if you look at the cast list on IMDb, the cast is William Friedkin. That's it. I'm interested. All right. It is fascinating, fucking gripping. It's amazing. Like, I figured there would be a lot of, you know, things where they cut to, oh, here's Linda Blair talking about she remembers, or a history, you know, with like a narration over it, Ken Burns style or whatever. Right. Nope. It's just him sitting there talking. He is an incredible speaker. He is phenomenally intelligent and truly gives a shit and truly put a lot into that fucking movie man uh makes me want to rewatch the exorcist again watch that shit dude it's fucking awesome you say ken burns and i immediately imagine like uh, a picture of pazuzu being like slowly panned into while oh, totally piano plays and somebody <laughs> reads a quote <laughs> some civil war style drumming going on in the background yeah. and stuff like that yeah yeah <laughs> There wasn't any of that, I gotta tell you. You're gonna be disappointed, so don't go in expecting that. Ah, all right. But I'll watch dude, it anyway. Fucking watch it. Yeah, watch it anyway, man. Give it a hate watch. <laughs> totally badass, man. What have you been watching? I have been watching some things. You said uh, you watched Free Guy last week. And, we did. Um, yeah, and uh, Emily and I had been wanting to watch it. So we sat down, watched Free Guy. I think you said last week it was two and a half hours, and when I checked, it was actually an hour 55, but then when I watched it, it was five hours. So yeah. How does that happen, right? I was very confused by... Because, like, here's the thing. It's not two and a half hours long, is what you're saying. No, it's less than two hours, though it uh, it certainly... Time dilates while watching it. I um, think so. 
if Ryan Reynolds and uh, you know uh, what's his name uh, Joe uh, Keir is that the dude to play Steven in Stranger Things uh, uh, and yeah. Taika Waititi and Jodie Comer if it wasn't for those four nobody nobody would ever talk about this movie because it is is bad no. it's a bad movie it's not but very they're good, charming man. and it's funny so whenever I saw the previews for it. I thought that it was just a movie about an NPC in a video game yeah, that too. realized, oh, I'm living in a video game. And I was Which like, is an what a cool concept. premise. Yeah. That's more than enough to make a movie on. But when you start watching the movie, it's like there's this whole other plot line about the real world and the game developers watching this from the outside. And I was yeah. like, I don't care about any of that. Yeah, all of that is the worst and makes zero sense. Like, right? that's not how programming works, any of it. at all it's what what just don't do that just do the bits in the game that's the fun part that's the fun part that's the part that everybody kind of cares about but they they really overstretched it and try to make it a much more grand concept than i think it really needed to be huh yeah but the game stuff is all cool i i I mean it's funny you got little laurel howry and and uh ryan reynolds together very funny yeah um yeah, I mean, with, without the you know, without the the programming bits, I mean, you wouldn't have uh, Steve and and, and, and Taika Waititi, but it would be a better movie. <laughs> like, it would, it, yeah. You, you, you could cut it down to an hour and a half, and maybe it would actually feel like an hour and a half. Even who knows? I mean, I just watched it like a week and a half ago, and I do not remember the ending. Like, I literally don't remember how it ends. Um, I checked uh, out the ending. Then. Is they made a ton of references to other things. Oh wow! Yeah, like he pulled out the uh, uh, Captain America shield. Oh yes, he did that. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was uh-huh. funny because then Chris Evans was watching and he said like, "What the fuck?" or "What the shit?" or something. It was really funny. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Again, I totally forgot about that. Even though that was fun, it's just by that point in the movie, it's like I've been sitting on the couch for I think five hours now. Yeah. Uh huh. He also pulled out a lightsaber, and I was like, "What are you just ripping off?" leprechaun in space now oh man dude. Up, the bro. masterwork right yeah <laughs> so, but yeah the it yeah it, i don't know it's it, okay it, it's fine it's a fine watch if i had paid money to see it in the theater i would have been like eh, it was fine yeah um, pretty much yeah not a problem but also eh, too long i also watched uh, a little movie on friday night called shocking dark which, with that old um, screaming chat huh yeah with the screaming chat uh, I we have in fact done shocking dark before on the screaming chat, and I forgot entirely. Uh, luckily, it was way back in the early days of the screaming chat, so like uh, hardly anybody who is still around was was there then. But I did not remember it at all. Here's what it is, Ben. Okay, I've it heard is, of this movie, but I've never seen it. It's an Italian movie. It's a sci-fi Italian movie that is essentially italian aliens italians italians huh aliens yeah <laughs> Ooh, i like this man uh, i like where this is going does it jump out of the meatball it does it jumps out of the meatball Ooh. um so it's italian aliens it was it was promoted however as terminator 2 that's not the same thing at all not the same thing though it does have a <laughs> like terminator like aspect near the end but the entire movie is aliens, but just with a lower <laughs> budget and Italian as fuck. 
I think that sounds great, personally. It sounds like a winning it, combination listen, in my book. it's not a terrible thing to make fun of, for sure. Like, we've watched stuff where it's like, oh, this is so boring. Uh, and this was pretty boring at times, but it was still fun to make fun of. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, man, it is such an Aliens ripoff, but it's like <laughs> just so badly done. In so many wow. ways, yeah. Okay, sounds a probably pretty good one for the old streaming chat. Yeah, right it was there. fun. Now, we had a, we had a blast with it. So let me ask you this: usually, you know, Fridays are like gig nights and stuff for me, so I don't I don't get to participate in screaming chat hardly at all. But yeah, I know, of course, you guys are chatting on Discord. But what about the screaming aspect? If you guys are watching a movie and someone screams, do they type in "I screamed"? Oh, uh, yeah, no, if you sign on to the Discord server, it just has a constant scream going in the background. That's nice. Yeah, it's just yeah. always going. It's like ah! white noise. Ah! That's fun. Let's be yeah. honest. It makes the movie better. Just a Halloween sounds tape from the 80s playing. <laughs> <laughs> Rad. Well, that's yeah. very fun. Yeah, so yeah, the Shocking Dark. Watch it, maybe. Um, and then on Sunday, we watched a movie called The Thingy. Not the thing. Not the thing. No, this is um, this is about. Uh, oh boy, what is it? It's like some afterbirth sort of fetusy <laughs> type of thing that. Okay, yeah, fetus horror. Okay, uh, that like grows into teenagehood. All it, right. It's very German or European. I, I don't know if it was German for sure. It's very mm. European. Um, like the Coneheads. It kind of has a feel of Basket Case, except uh, imagine if Belial were a sweet boy and he <laughs> lived in an absurd world where people were just like, oh yeah, no, that's a thing. Like, just like a, a bunch of viscera walks around and talks. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I could get on board with this. It sounds all right. Uh, yeah, no, actually, that was, that was the surprising thing is I don't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) It's real fucking weird for sure. But I do not hate it. But boy, did it take a turn at the end? Yeah. That I, boy, I, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but also like it's real fucked up. It's real fucked up. I do not. I don't know. If you would be expecting what comes at the end, even a though lot. the whole movie is absurd and gross and weird. All right. But yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I mean, it's a trauma movie and uh, it's, you know, it's obviously not uh, a big budget feature or anything, but uh, it's, gosh, I don't know. Watch it. Yeah. It's on, it's on Amazon Prime. You might as well watch it if you got an hour and a half. But also, it's real fucked up, so don't come back to me and be like, I can't believe you told me to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Um, and then also, uh, I watched rewatched the Fear Street movies this week because yeah. they were directed by Lee Janiak of, of Honeymoon. And um, I thought maybe I'd like them more the second time because I had seen the whole story and maybe I'd you know catch more of the bits of how it all comes together. I bet they weren't really better, though. They weren't better, but they weren't worse. <laughs> it was still fine to me. It was still just fine. Like, the thing that really just catches up, like, just catches for me that I just can't get past is, like, imagine if you titled a movie Leprechaun in Space and 
all you did to indicate anything about space was maybe show a space shuttle in the background and have 15 songs play that are about space. Because <laughs> that's, that's how you show the decade a movie is, right? Four does with yeah. the concept of it being in 1994. Yeah, <laughs> just play 90 songs; they'll get it. 15 of them F- play 15 90 songs within the first 30 minutes. Overlap them. Have insane in the membrane playing, and then have creep play over that. Oh, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> then it they'll is, goddamn well know it's the 90s, huh? It is like having an explosion go off while you have cars race across a big set of tits. That sounds awesome, man. It sounds awesome, but it's way too much. Like, <laughs> you're putting One everything thing at a time. all at the same time. Like, just, Yeah. Uh, and that's they're doing that to establish it's 94 because they do literally nothing else to establish it's 94. They, yeah, not like, a thing. Even having an opening in a mall doesn't establish it's the 90s when you're talking about it's Ohio. This is Tennessee in 2022. We have a thriving mall in the middle of the city. Yeah. <laughs> Cities in the East Coast, in, in some of these uh, Midwestern towns, etc., still go to malls. Malls are not A little not slower out. to adapt, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, what are they doing to say it's 1994? But The song, t- Steve, the soundtrack. No, and here's the thing. Somebody is listening right now and saying, yeah, but it's not like a big deal. It's the title of the movie. Yeah, it's the, it's kind the of a title big deal. of the movie is 1994. Fear Street <laughs> is the title of the series of movies. The yeah. title of the movie is 1994, which it is fucking not. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, they're not great. We watched them last year whenever they came out, yeah. and I wasn't super into it or anything. I I think that they're like at the level of, you know, if it's the Halloween season. And you're kind of like running out of movies to watch and you want to have something spooky on while you, you know, decorate for Halloween. That's when I would turn these on. I'm going to be in and out of the room. I'm going to be distracted, but I want something kind of spooky on the TV. Yeah. I'll probably just do that because I don't want to like waste, you know, something awesome like Halloween on that if I'm not going to be able to sit down and watch it, watch it. But this stuff, yeah, I can have it on, you know? Yeah. That's the thing is it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, it's not bad. It's just like I I talked about it whenever they came out. It, it's obviously an alternate universe. Like this mm-hmm. is an alternate universe, 1994, and an alternate universe, 1666, where Ohio is a thing in the 17th century. Yeah, like these these things fit into an alternate universe. Fine, okay, that's fine, whatever. That doesn't make it easier for me to watch them and not feel like it's just trying... It's trying to exploit some algorithm is -hmm. what it feels like. Like, it feels like they were like, oh, the 90s are popular, so be sure to make one of them 90s. And here are a bunch of popular songs from the 90s. You know how when you'd watch a horror movie in the 90s and it would play every song that was on the radio now? Yeah, I know it's not a thing, but let's do it in this thing. It's an alternate (laughs) universe, I guess. (laughs) I I, kept reading people being like, it feels like Scream, and it's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like Scream. It feels like Uh -uh. it's inspired by Scream. It doesn't feel like Scream. Nada. No. 
but again, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not. It's just bad. interesting for me to see, you know, uh, uh, honeymoon that we're talking about today, which was her first yeah. full length film. Yes, versus is- these movies where it's like. Okay, so she made this movie. Like, from what I understand, whenever they made this movie, they were just like, "Yeah, we just want to make a movie." It's, it was very like unbridled, right. unfettered yeah, with artistic. like, "Yeah, this is my idea." Yeah. yeah. Whereas, it seems like with Fear Street, there was definitely a lot of like studio oversight, yes. being like, "Oh no, no, no! You have to jam pack right. all this stuff into here because you yeah. have to." <laughs> yeah. And so, like watching the movies, it's like this is obviously very good horror directing. There are all these problems I have with it that I guarantee, like, some of them may have been her choice, but I guarantee a lot of them weren't because Netflix was just like, these are the these are the parameters of the scripts you have to give us. You have to mm-hmm. include this. You have to have this. You have to have that. Uh, and it just, uh, then it just doesn't feel like, I think, like, the 78 one, they did more with the fashion. It's weird that the 90s one, they didn't go... Like, I guess they went with what people are, like, bringing back from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't go with what people wore in the 90s. <laughs> so it doesn't, like, so as somebody who lived through the 90s, you, you're looking at it and you're like, this doesn't look 90s at all. Uh-uh. No. It looks like what young kids' idea now of the 90s Of the 90s, was. yeah. And then, right. like, yeah, and then, like, the way they use technology in it, it's like... The way that uh, the one kid is always like on chat rooms and stuff, and like I know this is a convenience for you know a, a film, but the way we experienced chat rooms back then was far less like instant messenger, which is what it's like in this, like or in Fear Street ninety four. Uh, it, it's like something's typed and it just goes through pretty quickly. We didn't have fast internet back then. Even even like chat rooms, it would take a while for things to fucking load. Uh, Definitely not in rural Ohio either. Exactly. (laughs) Definitely not in rural Ohio. But again, it's an alternate universe where this is a normal thing. Whatever. Ah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, not very good. Yeah, they're not not my favorite. Nah, man. I have an exciting update for everybody who's listening to the show. If you're listening to this episode and... You hear like little moments on my end where I go, <gasps> stuff like that. Uh, it's because I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here in this chair. It's like in an office chair that I use here in the studio. And uh, I guess the hydraulic on it is going bad. So I'm just periodically and randomly like dropping like an inch at a time. <laughs> and it's basically like recording a podcast on like a miniature version of the Tower of Terror at Disney. <laughs> It's really making it a horror podcast for me, dude. It's oh, keeping man. it scary. That's, <laughs> it's just random. Just whoop, That's there it really goes. <laughs> it's not my favorite thing. No, I bet. <laughs> no. So, yeah, if I sound startled... That's why. <laughs> Adding the element of surprise in. We haven't even gotten to the preview pals, and we've been recording almost an hour. What's Shit. going on? <laughs> What's going on here? Let's get on with it, Steve. Now, the movie that we're talking about today is, of course, Hone Moon, which Hone I was Moon. disappointed to find out was not a remake of the movie Honey starring Sherry Moon. I think that would have been really interesting. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, everybody's been clamoring for that Honey remake. Yeah, with Remake Sherry Moon honey. Zombie. Please. <laughs> they all Sherry say, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
And uh, this movie is pretty subtle for the most part, but I'll tell you this. Whenever it gets gross, it gets real gross, yeah, and you have some stuff coming out of stuff in this movie. Ugh, you got stuff coming out of stuff. Stuff coming out of stuff, and it is just gross. So, Steve, mm-hmm. I say, before we get to the movie review ski, let's step on into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. We're going to give you guys a little breakdown here. Of some of the grossest stuff coming out of stuff moments <laughs> stuff that we could stuff into stuff. this episode. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. You know, there's some good times where stuff goes into stuff. Sure, yeah. And, and with consenting partner, and it's just very mm-hmm. great and it's lovely. It's like, oh, that was nice. Oh, that was nice. Thanks, the, thanks that stuff that in went in, it went into that other stuff. That's yeah. great. Sometimes, though, when stuff comes out of stuff, it's definitely less lovely I'll, yeah. I'll get this list started with the first thing that came to mind whenever you presented this idea about doing a list of gross stuff coming out of stuff uh-huh. it imme- immediately made me think about old uh what's his name michael rooker in slither oh yeah with those twin fucking tentacle dick things that come Ugh. out of his chest in that movie Ugh. oh it's so nasty and there's like Lucky. that countdown leading up to it and then they just bust out it's Ugh. fucking disgusting. Like, Michael yeah. Rooker is already just gross looking anyway, and then he has these <laughs> tentacle dicks coming out of him. It's too much, Steve. <laughs> Michael Rooker's gross looking? Sure he is. Of okay. course. Exactly. Yeah, he was on People Magazine's uh, grossest people of the millennium list uh, a couple years he's ago. He's a handsome fella. Just um, a handsome guy. His personality yeah. carries. His personality yeah. takes him a long way. <laughs> so nasty, he's man. He's got a normal looking face, but okay. Um... Yeah, that's gross as fuck. Uh, but let me tell you, Ben, about one of the things that grossed me out like insanely as a kid. And okay, it's, uh, girls, in, huh? Yeah, girls, ooh, cooties, they got cooties. Um, no, it was it was in Gremlins when Gizmo gets the water spilled on him by a Corey yeah. Feldman, and those fucking things just stop popping, start popping out of his back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. forget, like, now watching Gremlins, because now I'm just like, ha, 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 it's funny. Uh, as a kid, I thought it was disgusting. I wonder why. Well, because of that and because of the egg things, you know, Ooh, when yeah. they, like, become those, like, gross fucking green slimy eggs. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Ooh. the Gremlins are gross looking. They are. It's true. Yeah, man. it's true. But yeah, that's some stuff coming out of stuff, and it's I think maybe even worse because it's stuff coming out of something cute. I know. Poor little guy. I know. He's all like, I don't want this to be happening. Oh, it's yeah. kind of sad stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Kinda sad stuff. Hey, speaking of stuff, what about the stuff? Whenever all that <laughs> stuff comes out of Chocolate Chip Charlie's face and his <laughs> jog is all distended and all that oh, jazz. Oh man, that is that is just a real gross moment for sure. Ooh, ooh. ooh. There's yeah. a couple moments like that, man, like with the dog that has all the stuff yeah, coming out of the it. the dog. Yeah, for sure. Again, poor puppy. Makes it sadder when stuff comes out of cute stuff. It's true. You want you know cute cute things, you don't want stuff to come out of them. Exactly. Whereas, yeah. like, I see stuff coming out of Michael Rooker, and I'm like, I expected this of you. It's still <laughs> disgusting. Trying to right? start beef with a Rooker, man. <laughs> Maybe I just start a beef with him, man. Maybe I cut a promo. Huh? Listen to me, Rooker. Nobody wants to look at your face. <laughs> Put a bag over the head, Rooker. <laughs> and then you have a bag over the head match, of course. Of course, like you do, man. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll tell you one that really got very fucking bad to me. And this is 
This is a trope that's been used in a couple of movies. Uh, the Ring is the one that most people know. I want to say there is a really similar scene in raw which is just a fucking disgusting movie uh, anyway mm-hmm. oh dude it's so awesome gross. but dude anytime somebody's got to pull long strands of hair out of the throat <laughs> makes me want to die yeah i straight up want to die <laughs> whenever that's going on man and partially it's because as a dude who has had long hair for the majority of the time that i've been playing music uh-huh and a lot of the times, me playing music in the past has been me playing like heavy metal where there's headbanging and all this shit right. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're fucking mid brutal riff and you and realize you have like, <laughs> yeah, you realize you have like five inches of tendril going down your throat attached to your scalp. Tendril. That does make it more gross. Ugh. Dude, and it's usually worse because, you know, you're sweaty and your hair has been like getting wet with your sweat uh-huh. and all that jazz. And you just end up with like a fucking uh, like a, a misfit style devil lock going straight down your hatch. <laughs> There's times that I've just had to just like you know just take both hands off the guitar and just turn away, and both hands just go 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 just extract it out of my throat and almost throw up on stage. It's horrible. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So whenever that no, happens that in like the ring fun. and shit, ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. Doesn't she end up like pulling like tape or something out of there too? There's something connected to the hair, yeah. I can't remember. I want to say it's like VHS tape or something weird like that. Oh, it's so nasty, dude. I don't abide by none of that. No, 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 no. Ben, what about when old Ron Weasley has them damn slugs coming out of him? Okay, legitimately makes me fucking gag. It's disgusting. The way that like it's in the movie. Like whenever you read it in the books and it's like, eat slugs, and then he like, you know, the slugs come out of his mouth or whatever, it's like Ew, it's gross in a fun kid's way. In the movie, whenever this is going on, though, there's like a belch that accompanies it. Yeah. And it's so slimy and disgusting, Ugh. and it's a living creature. Yeah, slugs are... Oh. Like, it's slugs, a living booger, man. They're Yeah, they're they're, they're gross in, in a certain way. Like, I don't mind picking one up, you know, or whatever, but in my mouth. The idea of a slug in my mouth is... It's disgusting. Yeah, and the idea of them coming up out of your fucking throat, like you're puking up fucking slug, no. Kill me. No, don't want it. (laughs) Avada Kedavra me, please. please. (laughs) Avada Kedavra self, can you do that? (laughs) Can you do that? Yeah, Yeah. I do wonder. Huh. It's a good question. Yeah. Oh, man, so gross, though. I can't abide by none of that right there. Let me ask you about this. Tell me. Sometimes somebody pulls something out of themselves, and it's hella gross, but also pretty fucking cool. Okay. What if you and I were doing a battle fight? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Steve, I hate you so bad. Yeah. I'm going to rip my own spine out of my body and use it as a sword. <laughs> what if that happened? And like, I did it. Like you're in that uh, Russian horror movie Nightwatch. Like I'm in dang old Night Watch, man, because mm-hmm. that happens in that movie. A fella rips out his own spine and uses it as a sword. That movie, um, I we need to seen, do it. Yeah, we do. Uh, I have seen the Russian version of it with like there. There's about probably ten extra minutes of stuff, and uh, oh. they take it out in the American version, and it kind of makes a lot of it not make sense. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It so. doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, the American version doesn't make a lot of sense. But it does have a spine sword, so that's fucking cool. I mean, where else are you going to see that, right? 
Um, nowhere. Well, I guess kind of in Psycho Gorman, he makes that like body part sword. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, that movie. It's so awesome. It's the fucking best, dude. Yeah. I would have loved, though, if it would have been like a realistic portrayal of the, what would have happened where, you know, he's getting super pissed. He's about to unleash his super mega weapon and uh-huh. he just rips his spine out and just collapses to the floor. <laughs> and the other guy in the fight's like, that was easy. Well, I guess I'll win. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fight strategy, honestly. You just make the other person so angry that they rip out their own spine. <laughs> You're gonna win every fight every time. Just provoke them, you know. Bet you won't rip out your spine. Oh, I'll show you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. If you were really mad at me, you'd do it. You wimp. <laughs> I Just double dog dare you. Yeah. If you're not gonna do that, I bet you won't even rip out your femur bone either, huh? <laughs> or your strategy is you're just like, okay, um, before we start this fight, um, let's see. I'm allowing hits in the face. I'm allowing fish hooking. But please don't hit me with your own femur bone. Please don't. Don't please rip out don't. your own femur and hit Anything me with it. Anything but that. Anything. Gosh. Anything but ripping your own skull off of the top <laughs> of your head and bashing me with it. I've always hated when people do that. I'm just imagining the absolute beast of a human you're about to fight who you think <laughs> could do those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the person you'd want to use this strategy against because there ain't no winning against them. No, no way. So you got to trick them into ripping out their own body parts. <laughs> yeah, that's the move. That's my winning strategy right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve, we got to talk about the undisputed cinematic king of stuff coming out of stuff, going into stuff, stuff going in every which direction because... Old Davy Cronenberg. Oh yeah, he's all. He loves some some stuff yeah. going every which direction stuff with some other stuff. Out, stuff going in, stuff Woo. just stuffing. Maybe you pull a gun out of your body like they do in Videodrome. Maybe you do yeah. that sometimes. All hell the new flesh, you know. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's also, a concealed carry if I ever seen one. Yeah, you 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 definitely in that Videodrome's full of just that weird sort of like bodiness i mean that that's a lot of them uh the brood etc the fly oh Ugh. my gosh when all that like fucking fly juice is coming out of his mouth ain't no good ain't no, no good man don't like it none uh-uh no oh yeah. dude that movie's the fucking best dude yeah it's awesome <laughs> ben speaking of gross things coming out of things in uh the leprechaun returns the leprechaun comes out of a guy just, like just a full-grown full leprechaun. Full-grown leprechaun. And listen, the Warwick Davis version of the leprechaun already has that kind of like gross makeup-y face. The leprechaun returns uh, like leprechaun. He He's not just like gross makeup-y face. He looks like like greenish and stuff. So like it's extra gross when he <laughs> pops out of someone's intestines. <laughs> so fucking cool. That's like the best part, I think. The best... Uh, moment of Leprechaun Returns. <laughs> that would really get in the way of my day if that happened to me, man. For sure. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to get my errands run and go to the bank and stuff, and then a full-grown man erupts out of me. Well, a full... I'd yeah. be like, this shit again. Full-grown Leprechaun. He's yeah. Not, but, he, I mean, he's bigger than you want in your stomach. <laughs> For sure. How big do you want someone in your stomach? <laughs> Let's just get down to brass tacks right here. Yeah. What is your limit exactly? You seem to have something in mind. Yeah. I think, you know, about six inches. 
That's okay, about yeah. as big Six as you inch want. Man. All right. Right? Am I right, guys? Huh? 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 Average I don't know what you're talking penis. about. I don't know. Oh, oh, that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Hmm. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. There's some fucking gross ass shit going on right there. I mean, probably the stuff coming out of stuff that scarred the world has got to be that dang old xenomorph. Oh. What's popping out a man in an yeah. alien, dude? That yeah. sure is a gross one, man. It's so gross that it made the the mom from uh, uh, Fly to the Navigator there in the background go, oh. <laughs> It was that bad. It's that bad that she no. went, oh. I'll just go be in Flight of the Navigator. Oh. oh. Her scream is so, like, legitimate. It's great. Yeah. Well, it's it's gross. Can you imagine? Like, it, it just anything popping out of someone's stomach. Like, if uh, you saw, like, a, a steel beam shoved through someone's stomach or whatever, it would be like, what the fuck? But it's a living <laughs> thing, and it looks like that. Well, that's what made like sea fever so gross. Whenever yes. that feller, his eyeballs exploded and they was full of them little fucking wormy tadpole looking things. things. Yeah. Oh god. The way that they like squirmed so fast made it infinitely worse. Yes. Yeah. To imagine that happening in your eyeball. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I oh, I hated that. That movie wasn't that great, but that was a really great <laughs> gross out stuff coming it's out of so stuff disgusting. moment. Yeah. Tell you that, man. The thing also loaded with stuff coming yeah. out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty stuff much everything that, that ain't there. supposed to come out of. Yeah, that's look. kind of the theme, isn't it? You got a head walking around with dang old crab legs. <laughs> ain't supposed to do, do you, that. Do you think anybody ever thought about getting them things and just cracking them open and getting some drawn <laughs> butter? <laughs> Would you eat a thing-sized crab good. leg? Because, dude, people love those big old colossal crab legs. Those are probably the biggest I've about yeah. ever done seen. Yeah. Get, listen, how about we make some thang cakes? Get some of them thang <laughs> legs. Make you some thang cakes. I think it would have been great if there was a moment in there where Wilfred Brimley was, like, chasing that thing through the base with, like, some lemon and, like, a, <laughs> a, a cup of clarified butter. He's like, come on now, get back here. Come on over here. My sugars are acting up. <laughs> Let's just crack these things on open here and get to meet out them crab legs. Might be good. Who knows? It might. Yeah, we don't know. Like just because it's like a weird uh, morphing alien creature doesn't mean it's not delicious. Maybe it is, man. Maybe yeah. the taste is otherworldly. You ever thought about that? <laughs> like the stuff. Oh, like he cracks open that crab that crab and leg, and he's stuff? like, the flavor is out of this world. <laughs> like, what if you cracked open the thing and the stuff was inside? Oh my God! Stuff in the thing. Stuff in the thing. Ooh, man alive. Yeah. What about whenever a baby blows out of somebody's skull, like in Dead Alive? <laughs> <laughs> That's a sentence. It is a sentence. A zombie baby rips open a skull. Yeah. Fuck I'm gonna tell you this. That's a, a sentence movie. you can use as a conversation starter mm-hmm. on any date, any family event, any yeah. lull in conversation. Yeah, you can use that. Yep. Bring that up. See how Nana thinks about it. What about when a baby rips out of a skull or something, you say? Yeah. That's going to generate like, conversation. That's how God wanted it, I reckon. <laughs> that's some real Old Testament stuff, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Unites people, stuff coming it out does. of stuff. It I'll does. Tell you stuff that, man. coming out of stuff brings us together. 
I think so. I'd like to to get together with you guys, you Den Lovely listeners, even closelier over on the old Facebook page where you guys can tell know. us what your grossest stuff coming out of stuff moments is. Oh, yeah. I think They're- my grossest stuff coming out of stuff moment, and I believe I've told this story on the podcast before, Uh-oh. but the short version of it was is whenever we had those rabbits that we kept outside in a hutch. Yeah. And they were adorable and fluffy and just mm-hmm. delightful. But they got, I think it, like, infected with some kind of, like, horsefly larva or something. Uh, I've told that story, right? I think so. I think I have. Dude, it was my mom and I extracting them. And it was the worst thing I've ever seen in real life. I think was the grossest thing I've ever seen. It was awful. So be sure to tell us about your stuff coming out of stuff moments Mm -hmm. over on the Facebook group. Please yeah, do. Yeah, head on over there. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, Steve, I'm going to crack me open a Kobe here before we start do talking it. about this movie. I mean, it's fucking... Hey, it's about to roll over 5 o'clock right now. Oh, so, you know what? So it's 5 o'clock here where? It's 5 o'clock here where. I'm going to have another one of those uh, Irusu rice loggers from... Okay, I think yeah. this is... Is this Wiseacre? Yeah, this is Wiseacre. We had this on the show we did, maybe yeah. a month or so ago. It's a 99 calorie, just a nice... Uh, Japanese rice lager with a, a lovely citrusy taste. Yep. Very fucking great, especially on like a lovely kind of early spring warm day that we're having in Tennessee, even yeah. though it was like 17 degrees and there was six inches of snow on the ground the other day. <laughs> yeah, that did happen the other day. And then... What the fuck? Like the next day it was 60 degrees. Yeah. I've never seen snow disappear so fast in my life. I'm just saying, eat whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck Stuff it. like that's just showing you. You yeah. know what? <laughs> baby, I'm here for a good time, not a long not time. A long you know what time, I'm saying? baby. Nope. And yep. so is this movie that we're talking about today, yeah. Hone Moon. It is a good time, and it's not a long time. It's yep. a fairly tight little movie. A little over uh, 90 minutes. Pretty low-budget flick. Apparently did not really make a lot of money at all in the box office. I think yeah. it had some, some problems with like distribution and advertising and shit, though. Well, I mean... This is definitely one of those that was probably bought for streaming. This is, um, you know, you, you look back on the early streaming days and they were trying to get the big titles and then we got a few streaming services and they were like, fuck, we just need stuff. Uh, which is why in the early or you know late 2000s, early 2010s, uh, we all started to get a lot more access to horror movies we probably wouldn't have heard about before yeah. this one is one i i remember seeing either on netflix or hulu i'm not i'm not positive which one it was on but it was just one of those things where it was like looking for a new horror movie uh scanning through you see oh that's uh, what's your name from uh downton abbey in uh, game of thrones and that guy from penny dreadful i'll watch this yeah so you know i, I i'm not sure if uh when the rights were bought, they were really looking to get it in theaters as much as to get it on streaming. Um, because, yeah, yeah, as you said, it only made like $25,000 in the box office. But definitely has been on streaming services since it since then. Like, it's still yeah. um, pretty easily accessible. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Like, uh, I've always seen it on something. Hulu, Shutter, whatever. So it's it's definitely made its money back, I would imagine. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. And this is the directorial debut of one Lee Janayek. Janayek. Yeah. <laughs> Sacre bleu. 
Yeah, Lee Janik, who uh, would go on then to direct three Fear Street movies over a period of 107 days, which is fucking amazing. Wow, um, that's a marathon. Yeah. Uh, so she, those are her her four major credits. She's also directed for TV and stuff. So I think this is probably one of the stronger uh, debut films. I've seen right I know (laughs) it doesn't feel like a first swing this feels like somebody who's been kind of working at this for a while exactly it feels like somebody who knew exactly what they wanted this to look like and that probably comes to there was you know they were working on it for a few years leading up but it actually I think the whole uh, pre-production to production process and stuff took about four years which isn't isn't uh, an extreme amount of time when you're talking about making a film but sure. They, they yeah, really yeah. obviously put a good bit of thought into how they were going to do this on this budget. And, you know, we got a tight cast, four people basically, other than the people who play the, you know, shadow figures. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Real small cast in this one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you've got two locations basically, other than outside. So, yeah, it, it, I think they did a good job of knowing, like, okay, we're we're not going to be working on a huge budget so let's put the money where it matters and that is in uh the the actual filming because it looks great it does yeah, yeah definitely man and they also put some some money into this very intelligently when it came to the special effects and all that jazz yeah. like they definitely put a lot of time into some of the like facial prosthetics and stuff yes. she ends up with by the end of the movie and they're barely there like you only see them mm-hmm. really in like two shots where you see that her skin is like changing and all that shit yeah i i imagine they got that all done in one day they were probably like okay we'll do the the makeup shots one day we you know we do the couple of hours of applying get the shots we need and we're done with that and it'll look good make sure the makeup looks good you don't have to show it a whole bunch but they don't hide it i mean we the first time we see it is when she's out on the boat in the middle of the day yeah it looks good it does man and it kind of goes through a few stages too where you know she's usually a a a fair-skinned freckly person and then Mm -hmm. it almost seems like her skin gets more blotchy in like one or two scenes and then it starts getting that i don't know it almost just looks like random liquid latex just like peely gross shit going on on the skin by the end of the movie it's it kind of takes a nice progression there that seems uh really natural and it looks really great on camera Mm -hmm. too and I love too, man, how they went crazy low budget and simple. It was almost like very John Carpenter ish, where it's like, yes. how can we show that these aliens or shadow figures or whatever are present? Um, shine a fucking big spotlight into a window of a yep. dark room. Yep. And that's it. Like there is no the UFO is hovering over the house. There is no right. and then the, you, the tentacles crept through the window. It's like here's a really bright light and a humming noise. Yep. Literally Your brain all does those things. Yeah, there might be a UFO hovering. We don't know. All we see is a light and hear a hum. It's but it's perfect. It does the job. Yeah. Because like one of the things about the film is that it is very intimate and we really only get to see what Paul is seeing. Yeah, very limited, yeah. Yeah. And that, then, yeah, so then, like, a light and a hum does the job. And it also makes it so that you don't have to put any sort of, like, prosthetics or whatever on the shadow figures. You just show people standing in front of a big spotlight, so they just look like dark figures. You don't even have to put makeup on them. (laughs) There was, like, one shot at the very, very, very end 
where it almost looked like maybe a shot of one of their hands and it looked like it had little tentacle fingers yeah. or something on it, but maybe. it was so mm. unclear that I was like, Very. I don't, I don't know yeah. what I just saw. Exactly. It does a great job of that. A lot of just like the, the thing, the stuff that gets pulled out of her, um, that, oh that, my like, God, dude, parasitic worm, like creature, uh, nasty. That was I, so fucking nasty. And it I would imagine great. like, yeah, it did. It looked great. I would imagine the way they did that was basically just, she was sitting on it and he pulled it out from under her and then they just made it move one time. And that was enough. It, it is enough. that one time and it's creepy as fuck. And it's like, okay, that, I mean, that's oh, yeah. enough. Yeah. And again, it's like with the, like with the big flashlight thing through the window, it's like, that's cooler than if they would have shown me the yeah, UFO. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Cause it I don't know. my brain any, fill in the blanks. Yes, exactly. Like, and that's, I mean, I, I've now seen this several times cause I watched it uh, once by myself. I watched it once with Emily and then just for the show, I watched it three times. Um, and the first time I watched it, I remember that like just not knowing where it's going feeling because yeah, like, totally up to an hour into the movie paul who is our like way into the movie is it paul, paul or is it will i thought his name was will no will's the other guy i thought that was alan what am i mixing up with my names here i don't know who alan is there. i might have got alien invaded dude <laughs> you might have so paul yeah paul's the guy what am i fucking yeah. doing here so paul suspects will either uh had willing or unwilling sex with uh b and b is trying to cover it up or is too traumatized to talk about it up into an hour into a 90 minute film that's the perspective we have all the ways that she's acting weird and stuff we have no idea that it's this alien parasite yeah, yeah. So, and it's cool, too, because the pacing of the movie has been... It's been very, like, lovey-dovey and almost romantic comedy-ish. Like, yeah. it starts off with this... It's basically like their wedding video of the two of them uh-huh. talking about, yeah, for a wedding, together, we decided yeah. to do this and this, and this is the yeah. food we chose. And it's almost like very Harry Met Sally, where it's like candid tape of the character in the movie talking. Right. Um, and whenever it started, I didn't really know anything about this movie. And I was like, wait, is this like a found footage movie? Yeah, but yeah. that's actually just great, easy exposition that exactly, they put at yeah. the front of the movie to introduce these characters, show you who they are, that they just got married, what they kind of know about each other, yeah. and then they spend the next big portion of the movie up at her family's cabin, just kind of being cutesy, lovey-dovey. They're on a honeymoon. Yeah, and things slowly progress. Like, yeah, he, you know, like you, you get this like. This idea of like uh, a a couple on a honeymoon and like things can sometimes be a little awkward. Like you you're you're looking at this person a little bit differently now because you've gone from just a couple to now married, and that's you know supposed to be this big change. And for a lot of people, that honeymoon bit can be a, a really kind of awkward phase where you're trying to figure out what does it mean to be this person's spouse. And right, so, like, yeah. there's a little bit of that sort of tension where he's like, you know, how's your womb or whatever? And then they have that sort of like, do we want to get pregnant conversation, which is a normal, again, very normal couple conversation. And those those tensions you can see, again, like, maybe these are the tensions that are building up to all these things that happen. Again, if you don't know it's, that she's infected with a parasite. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but those conversations are she still has character she still has like a feeling and a depth to her and slowly that erodes slowly she becomes just more unfeeling and like less human yeah yeah and that that like again like some of it all is making sense because you're like okay but you know uh uh she gets lost in the woods. Uh, she says it's sleepwalking, but we see that there's like these bruises on her inner thighs, and he finds Ooh, that yeah. he finds that negligee out where she was, and it's got this like huge rip in it, huge rip, and it's got that like weird substance on it that I'm assuming he thinks is semen. And that's oh, why I didn't he's think like, about that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why he's like, okay, this like either Will has like she's had sex with will here or will has like attacked her here uh and it seems more like attack he seems to like be coming at it from something has happened to her Mm -hmm. um and and you watching it you can get real mad at him i feel like too because he's not exactly good at dealing with what trauma she might be going through but when you realize that the parasite is making her constantly lie to him and not tell him what's going on, that he's basically being gaslit by this parasite. Like, yeah, totally. He's not going crazy because he's a jerk and he doesn't like know how to deal with someone who's experienced trauma. He's going crazy because the parasite is driving him fucking crazy by denying constantly what he sees to be real. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's fucking so yeah, rad, man. It is. It's cool. It, I mean, like, it, it is all like this. It's a body snatcher movie, but most body snatcher movies are usually about, you know, communism or whatever. This is a much more, like, intimate scale. It is much more about, like, how when two people get together, you know, you start to try to develop this identity of of who you are within this relationship. And people can change and things can get different within that that scope and the movie kind of feels like it's it's just taking that to an extreme like what if it was a fucking crazy parasite and that's why they're acting that way yeah 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 Yeah, and it's kind of interesting when you kind of look at it that way too where you know you're talking about two identities in a marriage kind of becoming one identity as a couple yeah and then even have that kind of contrast with that that parasitic like hive mind. Yes. That yeah. the I, I assume they're aliens. I guess have uh, on their agenda where they they seem to have this we identity. Yeah, I got some theories. In fact, let's get into them. One, okay. So we got to talk about uh, parasites. I mean, we talked about this with Sea Fever. Go check that episode out. But parasites, they're parasites in our world that are able to affect the uh, infected host mm-hmm. and change the way they act. Oh, so, yeah. There's those, like mind control fucking right. bugs that lay their eggs and other bugs and exactly. basically drive them like a car. Like there's all kinds of crazy shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're even they're even like further evolutions that have happened where like certain viruses have evolved to like co like work along with the parasite to like lower the immune system of the host it's crazy anyway so like nature's fucking nature goes hard nature goes goes hard hard. um so this kind of and the fact is like that this uh her name is b 
that you know he he calls her his honeybee and she says buzz whenever we hear the whenever we see the light we hear a hum there's a constant sort of electrical buzz yeah that goes yeah along with it there's definitely this thing about a hive mind and about bees and there are in our world parasitoid wasps that is i hate wasps those that inject parasites into other things that's right wasps can be even worse than they are because if there is a god it's definitely <laughs> the cruel old testament god for y'all. real <laughs> that's proof that's fucking yeah. proof why should and that happen i think it's it's interesting like to imagine that that's kind of what these are this is a this is a, a sort of race that gains control maybe it's an alien species that maybe uses uh uh human women as vectors for their children that then go through this life cycle and grow up to be them maybe or use the parasites as a way to control these human women for other reasons Mm -hmm. but like my i'm interested in what kind like i think it's right to say they are alien probably yeah but around here right (laughs) but in what way is what's interesting to me because we we see them in a light and we and, and whatnot but like again as you said we never see a ship so could they be extra dimensional aliens who could be are yeah. moving through dimensions and this is just you know they're kind of a, a you know a cosmic horror type of thing or and this is an interesting thing i did not know about but some scientists believe it is possible that there is within our world within our universe a shadow sphere shadow sphere hang yes. on now ain't that a magic the gathering deck <laughs> it should be it sounds cool as hell Fucking uh, sick. basically the idea would be that there there are uh there are things in existence that we are not evolved to even perceive like, sure yeah i mean it makes sense i mean they've already proven like birds can see colors and shit that we can't yes exactly but this would be like living things that Whoa. have evolved in a way where our perception keeps us from actually even being able to study them because all of our science is based off of our perception and our perception is incapable of, of seeing them. This is sounding a lot like Canadians to me. You ever met a real Canadian? <laughs> Have you ever met a real one? A real one. Huh. A real one. Yeah, like one that you can confirm was actually from Canada. I never have. I huh. bet you haven't either. <laughs> have I? <laughs> Canada has evolved to I've where we can't to them talk online, to online, but that's uh, no confirmation. Are you sure you did? Are you yeah. sure you did? Hey, Steve, <laughs> I'm Canadian. Did you know that? Now you're talking to a Canadian. No, you're not. No, yeah, I wouldn't believe that if you said it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Canadian's not real. Not real. I haven't <laughs> met one. Never have. So my 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 concept here would be that the these creatures exist in this one place. And the reason why I'm thinking of this is while watching this, I got this theory, what if B is driven to do this? Like mm. we know that her family uh came to this cabin, but we don't see her family in the video. 
we don't true yeah like we don't know what's going on with her family is it possible that this area in particular has this parasite that attaches to female human hosts and has them murder their husbands and then join the rest of the hive could be i don't see why not so then it would just be like this sort of shadow parasite that exists there and grows into a humanoid figure that very like lovecraftian isn't it yeah exactly it's a very lovecrafty idea and the thing is is the fact that we're sitting here spitballing ideas about what this shit could be I love that personally because yeah. the movie does not spell that shit out exactly. to you at yes. all, and I think it's better for it. Yep, me too. I think that the the movie allowing you a lot of free reign to be like, what the fuck is happening, while yeah. also keeping you t- like glued to it and tense and like. I really want to know like more invested. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, man, it's just it's a real solid flick. Especially considering a person's first movie. Just Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Yeah, for real. It seems like a lot of the negative reviews that I saw were just like, it didn't make any sense. I didn't understand. They didn't tell me what this was and what this was and what that was. If you are the kind of person that does want every little loose end tied up in a nice little bow by the end of the movie, yeah, maybe you won't like this. But I love stuff that makes me think yeah, about it but too. here's the thing man like there's there's movies that are just badly made where you're like well that yeah. didn't make any sense what the for fuck sure. was up with that this is made in such a way to where i'm like there is a reason for everything that happened in this movie yeah i just don't know it so i just want to think about it and try to piece it together yeah. myself and the the script is real uh good for that there's foreshadowing for everything basically mm. like everything in the beginning comes back everything that's said See, i wish i could have watched it twice yeah, yeah i only just watched it the one time there's just so much like that that is said and stuff like even small things it seems like like uh when they're in the the bed for the first time in the cabin he asks what's with the ducks and she says they're right. fake and hollow empty inside yeah. i used to hide things in them when i was little like yeah, exactly. that's kind of psychologically putting the idea of putting stuff in stuff in your yeah. head. And about the thing being empty and, and, and containing, yeah, something else in it. The thing that she hid in one of them is a letter that says, Dear Ducks, my name is Mallard P. Quack. I am not a real duck. Stay away. Like, hmm. <laughs> there's just so much foreshadowing of, like, what's going to be happening with her and i i think it's real interesting too i mean even the the crazy how's your womb question he asks after their first night there like it will come into play later that yeah, she does yeah. in fact have something in her womb later oh yeah. man and does she ever my god man yeah it's those well, scenes like later on in the movie i mean obviously the the fucking tentacle birth thing that we were talking right. about earlier but even before that, there's that scene where he walks in on her and she's just sitting in the bathroom floor, like looks like jabbing at her crotch with like a meat uh-huh. fork, trying to get this thing out of yeah. there. Holy fuck! And it also shows you too where you know she's losing her mind to even attempt to do something like that. But there's still part of her in there, yeah, that's clinging trying to on, get being that like, out. Yeah. get this out, yeah, like, yeah. I think that her kind of like uh, dissolve into this hive mind 
gradually, gradually, just bit by bit, starting with her, like, you know, burning that, that French toast and not making the yeah. coffee. I think that that's handled really well, where she is. is slowly just losing her own identity. Uh, which, again, you could also see that as a, a metaphor for a lot of people that end up in relationships where their identity disappears because they're with that other person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of other foreshadowing things, uh, after they meet Will and Annie, they have a conversation where uh, basically she defends Will and says she obviously did something awful, which one she's about to. She's about yeah. to murder Will. <laughs> um uh, but two, he says to her, you're not like her. We're not like them. Yeah. And she ends up exactly like her and they end up exactly like them. Word. Like, yeah. It, like, I, I think it's just a good economy of script where everything being said isn't overt. Like you're not thinking about it. Even after you watch it a couple times, even you're not thinking like, oh, they said that and it comes back here. It doesn't all like seem overt but when you go back and pick through it it's like oh shit like even even the tying up later is foreshadowed like he pretend ties her up early on right yeah yeah like everything's foreshadowed everything comes about kind of mirrored isn't it yeah it's mirrored because at first it's like fun and funny and they're having a good time and like enjoying each other and then it is serious and deadly and and bad and just scary yeah man yeah, one of the the main themes that I picked up on with this movie as far as trying to extract some some meaning uh out of it as far as what it's trying to say, I think that the entire setting of this movie taking place on a honeymoon. It's this newly married couple on their first trip out together. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have to make this a honeymoon. This could have just been a couple's retreat. This could just be boyfriend girlfriend go to a cabin. It could be people that have been married for a long time go to a cabin and the same story happens. But I think the placement of this in their timeline of their relationship is being on their honeymoon after they've just gotten married, I think is really important because yeah. for me, watching this movie, I think one of the big themes that I kind of took out of it anyway is the, I, I think the the fear of commitment and the fear of uh-huh. the finality of marriage post-honeymoon yeah. after all the lovey-dovey <laughs> phase is over, yeah. uh, what are you left with, you know? Uh because whenever you engage in a in a marriage, you are marrying somebody's past and their future as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, whenever we meet, uh, so what? It, the other guy is Alan, right? Will. Will. Fuck. Where uh-huh. am I coming up with Alan from? I don't know. <laughs> what is the matter with me? Anyway, whenever yeah, whenever you meet that guy. And you can tell that they have a past together that Paul does not know about. This guy even has a different name he calls yeah. her. He calls her Trixie. And Which he's never like, gets explained. Yeah. No. And so you're getting this idea that, you know, uh, our man Paul is kind of figuring out, like, okay, like, there's things about this person that I don't know about, and I have to come to terms with that because I'm married to this person now. Yeah. I think also, too, the way that she slowly, you know, loses her mind is almost like a super fast forward of the, well, I mean, the entire in sickness and health premise, you know? It's like if yeah. you marry this person and you outlive them, you're going to watch them dissolve. I, I have a really close friend that's dealing with um, her dad going through Alzheimer's right now, yeah. and it's really, really, really fucking rough. And, of course, I her mom imagine. is also dealing with this, too, and I can't fucking imagine it. And no. basically, this guy is experiencing that entire timeline of... 
learning more about somebody's past and trying to be okay with it. And then also dealing with health problems, uh, et cetera, that could arise in this person's future that they've married themselves to. He's experiencing this entire timeline over the course of like a few days. Yeah. It's, it goes real fast downhill for, uh, him. And, and just like, I think, you know, also what you're saying, um, about like getting into a marriage, I I think it like connects to mental health and stuff because a lot of people get married, you know, in their early mid twenties or wherever. And a lot of mental health issues don't appear until after that. Yep. And things can change a lot. Like a person can become a completely different individual. Yeah. And not everyone is equipped to deal with that. I think Paul obviously struggles. Like if this were to not take the parasite turn, if it were that she's dealing with mental illness, Paul is obviously struggling with dealing with it. Like he's mm-hmm. not equipped for this. And he, nor would he have been because she hasn't displayed this before. And so sure. like, there's a lot of that getting into a marriage where you don't know what the future is going to be. Absolutely. And, and yeah. And this is definitely about that fear. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And he never really like gives up on her. He's constantly trying to be like, listen, yeah. we need to get help. We need to get you out of here. He yeah. isn't really ever just like, fuck this. Bye. I'm leaving. No. He's definitely not perfect at it though. He's, he's no. kind of, he's kind of a dick sometimes and he's awkward. And again, like that's, normal though not everyone knows how to deal with these situations or has ever been in these situations before so it, it, it is ever made clear how long they've been together like do we even know how long they've been no a couple? they don't say it does seem to me like just looking at some of the things that happened before she's ever even infected with the parasite where it's like i don't think they've had the big conversations I was going like, to say, I mean, if they're talking about, like, I don't know, do you want kids? Are you ready right. to start a family? It seems like, yeah. okay, so you guys haven't been together that long. Then. Yeah, you should have already talked about this before you got married. <laughs> like, I should think. But at the same time, I know plenty of people that have gotten fucking married and haven't had those conversations. Yep, absolutely. So, yep. No, yeah, so it's not unrealistic. It's just uh, I wouldn't advise it. If anyone were to come to me for marriage advice, I'd be like, well, have you talked about the big things yet? Don't do it <laughs> yeah. if you haven't. Like maybe that, right? Yeah. Speaking of imperfect, I will say like one of my one of my few critiques of the movie are those accents. Uh, we're dealing with two actors that are very right. not American. Yeah, yeah. Very not American. Very not American. barely American yeah. at all. I would say. <laughs> I'd say yeah, like like a very little to zero American. Yeah, B's yeah. accent is probably the toughest one to get through for a lot of the movie it's good but there's yeah. definitely moments in there where you can tell she's like two seconds away from you know nothing john snow <laughs> did i do that right was it good yeah the, you nailed it you nailed okay let me let, let me let me hear your you know nothing john snow <laughs> okay mine was better than yours <laughs> oh sure okay all right you know nothing john snow you know nothing john <laughs> if you could see it all i'm doing is just extending my jaw really low with everything i say and that's how oh, i'm doing okay. the accent that makes sense yeah you yeah, know nothing about accent steve <laughs> I think yeah. From time to time, she slips out. Uh, he slips out a little bit too. Yeah, it's not terrible though. I mean, it's not like overly thing. noticeable. They didn't have to be American. They like, there's no reason no. this needed to be set in America or for them to fake being American. Well, I mean, it could have just been you know 
What, where is it said exactly? Canada. Is it in Canada? Yeah. It's in Canada. It's in Canada. That's close but enough. They are, yeah, they are coming from New York City. But yeah, New York City is an international city. So like, it could be two British people who met in New York City, and they're going to Canada because her family had moved from uh, England to Canada. There you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Why sure. not? Right? But instead, yeah. it's like, do that, but hide the accents and be American. Yeah, yeah. Didn't I guess have you're right. To be. You didn't have they didn't have to hide the accents, but uh, they, you know they didn't do. I mean, they're they're both uh, fine at it. I think, uh, yeah, I think she especially in times because she's got to do some real fucking uh, like exhausting sort of acting. I think Good in Lord, some of yeah. those moments is where she slips a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Kate was also noticing too, and you watched it multiple times, so maybe you can confirm this that her accent changes like the more infected she gets like later in the movie her accent oh. is more solid Ooh, i didn't really okay. notice uh but now that i think of it it seems like she did become a little bit more i don't i don't know robotic i guess you would say with yeah, her accent towards the end of the movie yeah especially when she started saying like we as the uh-huh. pronoun yeah Little stuff like that made this start getting freaky, where she just do little things, like say, we don't remember. And it's like, wait, what? And then her like writing her own name and his Uh, name down. Yeah. Which, again, was also very like sad and and, and dementia Alzheimer's-y as well, where you're like, oh, man, this this is fucked up and it's crazy because it's a parasite, but that's that's a very real thing a lot of people endure with their partners, man. It's fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah, when he starts reading it and like she's like... She's answering the questions, and he's just reading exactly what she's saying back. It's like, yeah, uh, man, the moment when she's practicing being a human in the oh, mirror, dude, yeah, what? that part was so fucking freaky. He just yeah. kind of creeps in, and <laughs> the bathroom door is cracked, and she's like rehearsing, like, oh well, I have this headache. Oh, I really can't. It's yeah, I've had this killer headache all day. Yeah, like man, that shit. And and again, like you're talking about a zero dollar. Not a special effect, not no. a jump scare. There's no jump scares at all in this fucking no, movie. Not at all. Moment that is freaky as fuck. So much more yeah. like uh, disarming than seeing some, you know, hundred million dollar CGI creature right. tear the house apart. Exactly. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of times when we watch uh, slow burn movies that we're really into, one of the things that I I notice is that they don't need the visual a lot of the time. Like they totally. can really just work off of full tension, and, and a good uh, yeah, a good slow burn doesn't ever really have to even give you the the monster reveal or whatever. It mm-hmm. can just like have the moment where you, you know you think you're gonna see it, and your mind kind of fills so much in. Because, like, the, the bits where we see the shadow people are so quick and, like, nothing. Like, you're not yeah. seeing anything. And we never even find out what happened in the woods with her. Like, nope. this movie never shows us cause. It shows us effect only. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we, like, we, we see those, like, weird bite things on her inner thighs that, like, keep getting worse. And they almost get the, uh, uh fuck, what's it called? Where you freaked out by by holes. People were just talking about oh, this on Facebook. Oh, ooh, yeah. yeah, she's yeah. got like the whole things that develop on her legs, yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. you see that she's been impregnated with this fucking thing, and like my mind immediately starts going to like, okay, so it's some kind of weird like 
face hugger like thing that yeah. like gripped onto her legs and implanted inside of her. Like my mind goes horrible places without seeing anything. Without seeing anything, yeah. yeah. Again, it's, it's theater of the mind shit, man. Just yeah. show me effect, don't show me cause. Yep. And as long as it's you know reasonably justified in the storytelling, it'll be worse than anything you can yep. physically show me on screen. For sure, yeah. Because like when you see those shadow people, it's like, how did they make that on her legs? Like, what? What? Did, how did that happen? What did that like? How, how? What was the mechanism of that? Do they have like weird? Like you said, like they have face hugger dicks. Like is that a thing? That <laughs> possum they dicks. Like, they got yeah, them possum. <gasps> Maybe they were possum people. <laughs> okay, they were only that. out at night. Possum people. Possums. <laughs> it might be that man. She. I did say, think at one point she said, "My blood hurts. <laughs> My blood hurts." Oh, <laughs> possums. <laughs> now, if there would have yeah. been a scene in there where like. You know, that big old light shone in the window and it woke the boy up. And then he heard some rustling around in the trash cans. Yeah. And he has to go out there and be like, go on, get. And the trash tips over. Uh-huh. Then I really would have been like, this is a possum people movie. And then you you see, uh, like, off in the distance, a little possum silhouette and you hear a banjo playing. That's how like, I would have known. Yeah, yeah. All right. But yeah. again, that's not subtle. So the movie wouldn't have done that. No, it wouldn't have done that. <laughs> It'll just yeah. leave us to imagine the possum people. I think like there, yeah, there's just like a lot of uh, little things the movie does to connect stuff. Like it, it really does, I think, deserve a second watch after you find out what's going on. Go I'd back like to and watch, watch it, again, it yeah. again and see it from that different perspective because there's so many little things. Like he he wakes up to go fishing because he's trying to prove he's a big manly man. Which is, you know, his uh, insecurity. But, uh, you know, after he meets Will, who is a more manly man, he... He's more alpha, she yeah, says. Yeah, so, yeah, and so he, he's trying to kill something because she was making fun of him because they used to go fishing when she was a kid, and he's never really done that. So he's, he's going to go fishing. He wakes up, um, and he looks over at the clock, and it's like 3.15, I believe. So he starts doing all his stuff to get ready to go fishing and whatnot. And then, like, you know, spills the worms. Everything comes back. Bee's not there. Then he goes searching for her. Later, we see the um, videotape of what she was doing that night. And we see her walking out of the that restaurant slash house where Will and Annie live. And the time on the video says 345. So... Like, there's a consistency there huh. of the timeline. Like, so he, I guess, was doing all his stuff, getting ready for fishing. She walks out of the bed, walks all the way to the restaurant, house, whatever, is coming out and on her way back when he is now looking for her. I think mm-hmm. that, like, to be able to con- keep, keep that little bit of, like, consistency without exposition. Like, nobody hmm. ever says the times. He just looks at the clock on the wall and we see the time. Like, it, it, it's really interesting. I, I, I like how much they put into making sure the movie has all the information for you without spilling it. Yeah, it doesn't spoon feed it on yeah. you, huh? I'd say around the second time uh, watch with this, too, I'd say a lot of this stuff just kind of makes more sense. Because I remember whenever we watched it the other night and they go to the restaurant for the first time, 
and dude is in there and he's just like super pissed and like angry and like smashing yeah. shit and all that. I was kind of like, okay, he's really playing really hard into the backwards hillbilly cabin people folk. Right. Kind of angry, crazy woods guy. But then you realize it's like, oh, by that point, his wife yeah. was probably already losing her mind. Yeah. And he was she, coming unglued. He was coming unraveled at that point. She, uh, I have to assume, kills him two days later from that. So, like, yeah, yeah he's he's about as insane as Paul is after several days. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes I, more sense the it, second yeah, time around. Yeah, the first time around, yeah, I I see what you're saying there. It is just like they're playing him up like he's maybe maybe he's in a Rob Zombie movie or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, what oh, do you he's fucking mountain kids in. want in my goddamn <laughs> restaurant? Yeah. He's mountain axe murder man for sure. <laughs> right. But no, he's just a normal guy who has been dealing with his wife being uh, taken over by a parasite. And of course, he has no idea what the fuck is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will definitely watch this again because I feel like again it's nice and tidy. It's yep. like an hour, what hour and a half? Yeah, it's a, it's a little over twenty seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like it is a really tightly put together movie. I don't think it really has a lot of fat to be trimmed. No, it kind of feels like a full length version of something that could be a short in a creep show or something where. This couple goes on their honeymoon. They get up to a cabin. The wife starts acting weird. Turns out parasitic alien got her in the middle of the night. Like, that could be a 15-minute part of an anthology. Sure, yeah. But they, this yeah, they expanded could, on it. They, yeah, they expanded on it in a way that isn't uh, bloating it. Like, yeah. they just made it more interesting, added more depth. But, yeah, the yeah. story could be told in a real quick way. Yeah, but I don't think it really overstays its welcome. I think it no. knows, like, okay, if we hit the hour 50 mark with this, we're just killing time. This yeah. is enough time to tell this story. It doesn't yeah. have to be a full two-hour-long fucking thing. We can do what we need to do and say what we need to say in this amount of time. Plus, it keeps the budget nice and tidy, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. And, like, like there, there's nothing, yeah, that I, I see in here that I would cut or anything. There's one thing that I thought of that I thought would be cool and that is if at the end when um, she throws the anchor in and he's like going down into the lake, it would have been cool maybe if the camera had like sunk down with him and you just see like a field of dead husbands. Oh, like this has been happening for like a long time. Yeah, like it's like this long standing thing. That would have been interesting. But again, uh, you don't need it. Uh, the ending is fucking chilling as it is. So. It is, man. Yeah. And then, like, you know that they're husbands because they're all wearing, like, white New Balances and stuff. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's how <laughs> one, you know for sure. One of them's wearing a Kiss the Cook apron or something. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that ending is cool, and it's yeah. very just fucking weird and chilling where he, yeah, he sees what's going to happen. He's like, do not throw the anchor over. And she's like, yeah. I have to hide you, you know? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Fucking creepy, man. I love it. I think it was really cool. And then, like, the very end of the movie where she and the other chick are, like, walking together at nighttime towards their yes. parasitic hosts. And you it kind of no gave me the same vibes as, like, the end of The the Witch, you know, where she's yeah. walking through the woods towards the witches. It kind of gave me that vibe. Right. Yeah. I There is something... There's something about that ending where it's just so fully ambiguous, but it's like so swelled with tension at that point that like your brain can't complete what it is. You just don't like I, I can't even imagine what the 
what the next five minutes would be. Yeah. Like, they're walking <laughs> towards these shadow figures. Now what? And that's creepier that we don't know now what. No kidding, man. Yeah. I think they get up there and they, they do a high five. And then <laughs> the, the alien hosts are like, so, shots? And they're like, yeah, shots. Shots, 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 shots. Pretty sure that's the next five minutes. Yeah, that would, honestly, I'd love to see that ending. Everybody. <laughs> it's a cool flick, man. I, I honestly don't have a lot of complaints. Other than, again, yeah. some of the accents, it didn't have to be set in America. These didn't have to be Americans, no. I mean to no. say. Other than that, I don't really have a lot of critique. No. Soundtrack and sound design was like really cool and tense yeah. and subtle. Mm-hmm. I don't have any complaints there. Special effects look great. I don't know, man. I liked it. I would be yeah. fucking stoked as hell if this was my first movie. Hell yeah, for sure. Or he's my second or third one. What number are you going to slap on this thing? I'm going to hit this thing with a, I'm going to say like six and a half for me. I think it's like well above average. I think it's a very cool watch. I can't really necessarily compare it to anything. Mm -hmm. Honeymoon horror, that's kind of a cool little subgenre, right? Yeah. What else would it be? Uh, I so I married an axe murderer is not horror, is it? Yeah. Is it? No. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Yeah. Honeymoon horror. I like that idea. Uh, I'm going to go higher than that. I Because uh, I have been thinking about this movie for a long time. And I feel like it has staying power. Because I still haven't resolved anything in my head. And it yeah. still creeps me out. So I'm going to give this an 8. I like this movie a whole lot. I think it looks I it. great. Um, I think you know it does a great job. It's very economical. Um and yeah, um, but it, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not full of kills or anything. It's not it's not going to hit all of uh, every horror movie fans' buttons. But for me, it works really well. Totally, man. Totally agree yeah. with you. Cool flick, man. I look forward to hearing what you guys think about it over on the the Facebook group and our Instagram and our Patreon and all the yeah. other places you guys can follow us. We got a link tree page you can uh-huh. use to find all of that stuff. Yep, link tree forward slash dead and lovely. It's got everything, every single thing you could imagine. Head on over there. Uh, and please, yeah, join, join us on social media. Also, Patreon.com. Maybe you've heard of it. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. You can get access to exclusive Patreon episodes if you join on any level. There's uh, uh, most recently had an episode where I talked about Clue with uh, Emily and I talked about uh, we uh, ranked the Leprechaun franchise with uh, Anna Martin. So look out. Yeah, go check those out. Uh, but if you become a patron on a $5 level, you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl. And then smoking once bowl. a month, we randomly draw from that smoking bowl, just like we're going to do for next week. Woo. And then we cover the movie. And That's we right. talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you got to be sure to follow us on that Instagriddles there to watch that drawn video yep. and see what movie we're going to do next. I hope it's a real good earn. Yeah, there are a ton of great ones in there. So I'm excited to find out uh, what it's going to be. So yeah, check out our, our social media on Friday or Saturday. I'll have it up. You'll find out. I hope it's the River Wild. <laughs> Somebody, if somebody wants uh to become ben's best friend throw the river wild the river in. wild mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it's just gonna cost you five bucks come Might on man well you spend more than that at starbucks most of the time right you can get a whole like episode about the river wild from du bois come on du bois yep just yeah. do it so we'll find out there. next week what we're gonna do on there thank you guys so much for the support be sure to rate and review on itunes 
and that Spotify. Just takes a second. Really does help us out a ton. And be sure to tune in next week for the next installment of Brang and Blungbly. That's us, Brang and Blungbly. Here with the host with the most. You know nothing, Steve Spratling. <laughs> Ooh, you know nothing, Steve Spratling. It's That's me, pretty good. Paul McCartney. It's me, the Beatles. The Beatles. This is how we talk. <laughs> I'll be Uncle Ben. I'll be Hollywood Steve. And you guys will be here next week for Dead and Lovely. We'll catch you guys later. A boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say, well, well. <laughs> Would you believe that I watched that video for the first time, like, maybe a week ago? Oh, yeah? Of that girl? Of that girl, that? yeah. Just, like, saying it pretty, like, monotonely. <laughs> I think she's awesome. She might be a fucking comic genius. She might be. You know, I... If she was doing it to be funny, which surely she was. Surely. Surely. She wasn't doing it to teach someone that song. <laughs> Doing it to be cool. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. I said, boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say, well. Let me hear you say, well. I wonder what she's doing now. Oh, I mean, I could imagine she's probably up to no good. No good at all, huh? Yeah. She's, you Listen, you could see behind her eyes. Those are the eyes Darkness. of a killer. Yeah. Ooh, darkness. Do you think that she, like, as she puts the gun to their heads... She goes, now I say, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> oh, yeah. and like as, they, as they're like crying at the bottom of a well, she's like, oh, let me hear you say, way oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. She's really turned it around on him. <laughs> she Fuck. went dark. She went dark, dude. <laughs> if anybody knows her whereabouts, be sure to contact <laughs> us.